Hot air balloons. Fake respect. Real respect. We are writing a novel in a hot air balloon, but not really. This, and so much more in this episode of Awesome Today. Awesome Today, is a daily list of things which we find somewhat or completely awesome, that are somehow affiliated with today's date. It is the awesome things we've been introduced to, discovered, or rediscovered. This show is barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy the banter, and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello and how are you? I wasn't ready yet. Now I'm behind the eight ball. So how you are is unprepared. How you are? How you are today. <laughs> that sounds like a TikTok. There's a lot of it stuff. It probably is. Let's there. make one. Okay, let's get the dogs out. <laughs> Those are the best ones. They are great, the dog TikToks. Yes. Even if you don't like dogs, they're fascinating. Mm -hmm. All right, it is awesome today. It is. In many ways. Even though the today at which we speak is not the today at which you listen. <laughs> I'm still struggling with the paradox. It's really bothering you. It is. It's hard. I rarely know the date anyway. So to be like, I think that's what to it is. finally figure out the day and then like, no, it's tomorrow now. I think that's exactly what it is. You literally never know what day it yeah. is, day of the week or date. So this is really messy. With okay. You. Well, it is theoretically June 4th, mm -hmm. which is 30 days until July 4th. And, and today is National Leave the Office Early Day. I'm out of here. Would be done. A lot more awesome <laughs> if we weren't already not at the office because of quarantine and I guess even entrepreneurship in some senses. I mean, we live at our office and our That's office true. lives in our home. So, so it's not very fun for us. If but we I could find a workplace to go to today and celebrate it oppositely, yes. that would be the win. All right, so here's a thing to know. Yes. June 4th, 1784, back in time a little bit. Elizabeth Thimble, no, Thibble, no M in there. No M. Thibble becomes the first woman to fly in an untethered hot air balloon. As opposed to flying in one that was tied to the ground. Did this happen in the United States or overseas? I feel like it's overseas. You know why? And In fact, I guarantee it's overseas. Okay, because here we go. It, it's Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth with an S. Also, she flew four kilometers. Right, right. Only... What's a kilometer? Only real douchers in the United no. States marry, marry measure. Only real douchers marry measurements from the, the non-weird system of miles. Okay, so four kilometers in 45 minutes at an estimated height of 1,500 meters. I also don't know what a meter right. is, but It's over are. 15 football fields. That's what I can tell but, you. So, yay, Elizabeth. She was credited with the success of the flight because she fed the balloon's firebox, and it's noted by historians who captured the event, exhibited remarkable courage. Which, to me, <laughs> says <laughs> that the opinion of women at the time where it was, at least in the hot air balloon, was that one, your job is to feed the firebox since there's no kitchen to make sandwiches. <laughs> and two, most of you do not, in fact, have remarkable courage right. or courage at all. So this is, what the, this is what history highlights. But thankfully, I mean, she was credited with the success. Yes. So. Now there's other details that I did not include in the teleprompter notes. Okay. One of which is that she was a widow. There was a whole scenario painted as though... Perhaps 
there was a, a little bit of hoped-for hanky-panky on the flight. What? Which is why she would have been invited along. I can't swear to that, but it sounds good to me. That's racy. That feels like the stuff of a romance novel, Indeed. honestly. That's... We should write that. We'll write it this evening. Or we won't. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that's racy history. We yeah. missed our opportunity. Maybe we should have another podcast that's called Racy History. Racy History. Anyway, that was back in 1784, probably not in the U.S. Way to go, Elizabeth Thibble. What if we called it Historacy? Oh, it's good. Like I like it's it. It's not that good, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> it makes me feel good when you like the things I say. Okay, June 4. 1876, okay. we have the first transcontinental crossing of a train, in a train, a by a train. An express All train. of the prepositions related to a train yes. in the U.S. going from New York City, not to L.A., because L.A. wasn't the thing back then. It's true. San Fran was yes. the hot spot. Yes. And so from New York City to San Fran, it took... 83 hours and 39 minutes. Let's just call it 84 or 83. I don't care. That's days. Can you imagine, one, riding days in a train and two, being excited about it? Well, because it's the Transcontinental Express. I bet they were excited. Who knows how long the non-express? The non-express, that's a good point. Was taking to go that's across the That's a good the point. Country. The Pony Express took forever, so. Talk about days. That was just ponies even and not the, what do they call it, the iron engines or... I can't remember. There's something historically there. Pretend like I said it. Have you ever been on a train? A iron horse is what they call oh, it. Oh, the iron horse. Good. Yes. Um, Have you ever been a passenger on a train? Only like the the goofy ones at Fun Park. I was going to say, the only one I've ever been on is at the Oklahoma City Zoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a real one that I can remember. Now, my mom, Your mother, on the other oh, hand. bless it. Uh, she rode a train from Fort Worth to Oklahoma City. And she's never stopped telling us about yes. this. <laughs> this was modern era. This was only it was after 15, was yeah, it was, it was 14, 15 years ago. Yeah. And evidently it required, you know, much like air travel, you had to transfer, transfer planes at some point. And it was literally like they opened the door and there was gravel. <laughs> they threw your bag out and like, get the hell off the train. And yeah, <laughs> she was scarred. She still tells that story. Oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah, it was a it was a monumental. Yeah, you don't you her. don't do that to my mom. Yes, not and live to tell about it without being verbally abused. The Heartland Express. It runs yeah. from Oklahoma City to Dallas and many stops in between, or I guess Fort Worth. I should say. Well, it may not have been. Dallas. It may have been. We may have driven her to Dallas. I don't know. No, I can't it's remember. Her. Okay, but yeah. Okay, so June four. We're jumping ahead, 1896, Henry Ford completes and successfully tests the first gasoline-powered automobile named the Quadricycle. The Ford Quadricycle. Did it the have Ford the Ford emblem on the front, I wonder? I don't know. I don't it may know. have. I know that, uh, or at least I believe I recall seeing that he did this like basically in his home shop. It was oh. in his neighborhood, and it was like 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And he's out there screaming, and the neighbors are, ah, shut up, and that. But it worked, and it was a quadricycle, and now we have cars. Now we have Model Ts. <laughs> <laughs> or not. All right, so 
right, June 4th, 1917, bringing us up into the 1900s. This one's cool. This one's pretty big this because it's cool. the first Pulitzer Prizes were awarded on June 4th, 1917. Three awards were given, and one was to Laura E. Richards, and then also to Maud H. Elliott, and then also Florence Hall. Three, three that re together received the same. Same Pulitzer. Yes. Okay. Three sisters, they were all three sisters. They co-authored a biography of American poet and author Julia Ward Howe, which all of the history buffs and American history buffs, I should say, who are listening will know that that is the woman who wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic, Julia yes. Ward Howe did. That might even be a good get your day started song. I don't know. <laughs> My I eyes have seen the gold I haven't the tried of the it Lord. Yet. Yeah. I'll try it tomorrow. I may or may not report, oh my gosh. report back. I have a, I can hear you. We should wake the kids up with it yes. in the morning. I feel like while we're playing it very loudly, we yes. should be stomping in the cadence Absolutely. of marching. And yeah, <laughs> this feels right. This feels good. Uh, welcome to summer, kids. Yeah. All right. Um, a few years later, June 4th, 1919, of note, Congress approves the hey, but, but wait, wait, wait. I do just want to add. You know, we're we're fresh off of the lead-in story, which is mm -hmm. disrespect, ultimately, I think. How dare you? For women. It really was. To say that she was, she exhibited remarkable Right. It was, it was a real backhanded compliment. Well, look. Like, hey, this is the least crazy you've ever been. <laughs> it was not a, a kind, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, acknowledgement. You, you say that. I don't know that I have enough remarkable courage to get into a hot air balloon. Oh, you would. You I'm, would. You'd rock it. I don't think I can. We'll do it tomorrow. I or tonight. Have... And we'll may or may not talk about it. <laughs> well, because of hysteresy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hysteresy. Maybe if we wrote it in a hot air balloon, that would be hot. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so dumb. Okay. Uh, but Ooh. okay, so you're saying you think that that is passy aggressive. I think it's passy aggressive. I think it's passy aggressive. But then, even in 1917, and absolutely women still being oppressed as a group for sure. Mm -hmm. And yet, here comes, and uh, granted, in 1917, everybody would have been like, Pula, what? What award is this? <laughs> but the first, the first people that they choose to award. Yeah. There were there were two random other dudes that got it for a thing and blah okay. blah blah. But they they award three women, three sisters who are writing about another woman. This seems very incongruous with the feeling towards women at the time. I feel like that was a pretty a pretty bold thing to have happen. It is bold. That's true. I agree. It may not have had the clout that a Pulitzer has today, but it's a big deal to have women recognized Indeed. for writing. For a woman who wrote one of the most well-recognized American Indeed. anthems of our country. Which I think brings more strength than to okay. the next thing. Okay. Well, here is an awesome thing from history. June 4th, 1919, Congress finally approves the 19th Amendment that guarantees suffrage to women. We've been suffering a long time, if you Guaranteed ask me. Guaranteed you get to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. No, the right to vote, of course, is what we're talking about. They sent it to the states for ratification. Now, I'm going to add a an amendment, if you will, oh, to this Mom historical joke. fact. A not awesome thing that I learned 
as an adult mm -hmm. is that because for a long time I of course as a as a woman in America really was enamored with and thankful for and I I am thankful for the women's suffrage movement in our country however white women we need to know that the suffrage movement in this country was overtly racist they kept black women out sure. of the conversation and in fact of course, this amendment does guarantee the right to vote for all women. However, because of poll taxes and um, literacy tests, many black women couldn't vote until 1965 when President LBJ, not really somebody who you think of as being a stalwart for civil rights, but he did pass the um, Voting Rights Act in 1965 or, or had it. I don't know, presidents can't pass laws, but he signed it into law. Okay. Um, okay. So anyway, that's an amendment to this, but the, yeah. the suffrage movement of, in our country, of course, um, can you, can you, you gotta stop and think about that. We have been a country since 1780 something. Good citizenry. Well, I know we declared You win the hot air balloon award. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know we declared our independence in 1776. I understand mm -hmm. that. But when did we become an actual country? Do you know? I refuse to participate. <laughs> You're going to plead your fist. In this unpatriotic <laughs> nonsense. The Fifth Amendment guarantees that you do not have to incriminate yourself. So you're going to plead that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for, you know, a, a long time. What is that? 150 years-ish? It's long time... But it's not really a long time. When you think about the history of the world and things, it's not that long. It's, but here's, I mean, here's the thing. No matter how needed and agreed with change is, change takes time. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the truth. Even if you have shoehorned and stomped and forced a thing through, it's still going to take time. You still have people in power who have a, a different opinion that are going to do things to hold out yes. and wait. And so it takes generations for... At this point, if you were to to suggest to someone, you know, I think we should go back to women not voting and I'm going to help facilitate it by <laughs> a poll tax or a something rather... Well, I mean, people just laugh at you. Right. But back then, man, it wasn't a laughing matter for anybody of a certain age. That's so it right. takes time. It takes time. So anyway, June 4th, 1919 is when it became official amendment to the U.S. Constitution. No. Congress approves it. It still took a it still took a couple years for oh. because the states had to had to finish going through and get ratified. But this is when oh my gosh this is when it was yeah I'm being exposed for well no no I mean who remembers <laughs> who remembers exact dates it's okay it's okay okay what else we have well June 4, 1934, we have the Dust Bowl which was not a postseason football competition. <laughs> This is something people in the Midwest, anybody that's our age or older definitively, maybe a few younger, would minimally at least have a family member who's told them stories about this. Okay. Uh, there had been a drought. So we're talking about 1934. There had been a drought in the Midwest, which is the farming. That's the farmland of the nation. Yeah. Um, that had started in the mid-20s. At some point in time during this, there's advances in farming technology, and specifically as it relates to plows. Okay. 
okay. and plows that would break the soil up more and more finely. And so you combined dryness with powder, literally powder uh, of dirt. And then you tell me what state throughout the middle of the country doesn't have prolific wind. Mm. And yeah, this happens. And even to the degree that some significant storms, dust storm or wind storms come through and I have family members that relate to me. Yeah, we would we would go to the movie, which was a big event. Yes. And wearing a, a wetted down handkerchief so that you didn't just breathe all this in and oh, die yeah. of dust filling up your lungs. And then when it came, you would call or parents would show up to pick you up, whatever, when the movie was over. And that it was just nearly impossible to find them because it, the air was just so filled with dirt that it was impossible to see. It's really hard to even imagine. Yeah. What's awesome about this? Why are we talking about it? It's just so it's, depressing. It's a nature awesome. Who could imagine? It's it's not awesome like yeah. It's, it's just like, like filled that's with awe. yes, an awe filled moment. Okay, all right. Yes, many Oklahomans would tell you that you cannot talk about the Dust Bowl and awesome in the same sentence. Well, they're wrong. All right. Well, on June fourth, nineteen seventy five, the year in between. No, wait, that's the year you were born. I was born in seventy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was the year in between us. 1975, just a very few short months before you were born, in Grays, Essex, England, where they do measure things with kilometers and meters. Yes, and centimeters. Yep. Millimeters, all the meters. <laughs> there's more. There's decimeter, decameter. There's a lot of them. Good. Meters. Glad we did that. Yeah. Um, comedian and actor Russell Brand is born. So today's his birthday. He's a weird Gemini, like me, like all the other Gemini's. And he is a weird later. cat. Yep. So Russell, I'm glad that you feel like we know him on a first name basis, well, as you wrote on the teleprompter. We gave him the, the <laughs> courtesy of the last name in the first mention, but after that it feels asinine to continue, Russell Brand this, Russell Brand that. <laughs> you know who we're talking about here. Okay, well, the, we first were exposed to him in the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is a great movie. It is. I want to go watch it. It's inappropriate. It right Don't now. show it to your kids. Not for kids. That's for grown-ups. Um, he was also a recent guest on one of my favorite podcasts, one of your favorite podcasts, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It is very funny. In fact, Russell Brand, he kind of, he likes to hear himself talk. Yes. And you he, can, every time he talks... You can plainly tell that the whole time the other person was talking, he was thinking about what he wanted oh, to say. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And he likes to philosophize a little bit. And so he kind of gives Conan a run for his money. He Conan really does. Actually laughs a lot. And you know when Conan O'Brien thinks someone's funny. They're yeah. really quite funny. It's, it's a very solid episode. It's the most recent one, I'm pretty sure, in the It theme. may be. I feel like a win because I actually listened to it before Megan did and suggested it to her, and we both liked it. So. it was, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, happy birthday. I take credit for his birth. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Whoa. Russell Brand. Indeed. All right. Indeed. June 4, 1984, Bruce Springsteen mm -hmm. releases his seventh studio album, Born in the USA. Wow. Surely everyone knows this. I feel like, was that also tied to Chevrolet advertising or oh, something? I'm confident it was. Um, interestingly, though, and in relation to this, so we've recently mentioned the Wind of Change podcast. Yes. And as they describe in that podcast, the overseas 
impression of America is that on the face of that impression is Bruce Springsteen's blue jeans wearing ass on the cover of oh, yes. this album. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and that it was intimidating. Well, and scandalous. That's like well, that's literally true. why they couldn't have Bruce Springsteen albums because it was just so scandalous. He's such a powerful American sexy man. <laughs> he was at the time. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. 1984, that was. That was his seventh studio album. Yeah. So he'd been making music a long time. I. Or he just cranked out albums really fast. Maybe so. Maybe really so. fastly. Quickly. Real fastly. Quickerly. I don't know my grammars. Or your history. Okay, kettle. <laughs> I will fully own it. Or pot. Your pot. You <laughs> called the kettle. Okay. June 4th, 2003. Entrepreneur and domestic lifestyle innovator. Did you write this? Copy. <laughs> um... Some of it I did, some of it I pulled from other sources. Okay. But she was a domestic well, lifestyle innovator. Yes. Still is. Martha Stewart. Martha. Is indicted on criminal charges of securities fraud. That's She's right. later convicted and sentenced to five months in prison. Now, why is this awesome? I, I know one reason why. Well, you tell me why you think it is. Okay, because there is this collective feeling of, do you know the German word schadenfreude? Of course I do. What does it mean? I have no idea. Schadenfreude. I hope. It I hope her, filthy. I hope our awesome Bethany, who lives in Berlin, will correct me if I'm mispronouncing this. But well, you didn't yell it. Schadenfreude. There you go. It's the German word for taking pleasure in someone's downfall. In fact, Schaden means harm and Freud means joy. So it's like a oh, joy in nice. someone's harm. I love Germany. And <laughs> <laughs> you would, you German. <laughs> Um, but there's this idea of taking pleasure in someone's downfall. So for every person, especially woman, who'd ever looked at Martha oh, Stewart gosh. and thought, how can anyone be so perfect and do everything so perfectly for her to go to prison, to federal prison, but there's this collective feeling of... Let's expand the view here. Afraid. She committed... She committed securities fraud via insider trading. Which is your this is my purview. This is what I do for a living. I commit insider trading. <laughs> this is not a small thing. And in, if you want to start looking and ranking crimes, we, we put this very heavy something, heavy burden, heavy emphasis on violent crime. Mm -hmm. But violent crime doesn't harm nearly as many people as does what we so softly refer to as white collar crime. Really? Everybody, In everybody terms of actual who. Actual victimization, yeah. like who's impacted by now, it. Now, there's more people impacted at a smaller rate. It's not yeah. like she lined up 10,000 people and gave them a severe ass beating right there on the spot. Sorry if I got a little carried away there. You get real fired up I about I get fired up about fraud. things. But she hurt. If there are you know millions of people, and yeah. there there would be millions of shares of whatever stock is traded. Yeah. I don't know which one it was. I can't remember, and I don't care. But everybody who's a shareholder is damaged by the activities of an insider trader to some degree, even if it's minuscule. Yeah. And so, from that perspective, just the number of people impacted. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's still a serious crime, and here she gets a whole whopping five months in prison. I mean, come on, man. Whether it was a, a woman, a man, a child, a whatever, it doesn't matter. That was a serious crime, much more so than they gave 
weight to through the sentencing. You have a lot of big feelings about I do. this. I was not anticipating I do. that. Okay. Well, that was in 2003, everyone. So here we are. If you're gonna, what's how's the saying go? If you're gonna do the crime, you gotta pay the time or something, something like that. Something like that. It ought to be. If it's not, we'll write it tonight after we finish with our. Hot air balloon romance yes. novel. <laughs> <laughs> Legislation and a novel. Take your pick. And we're learning some German too. While yes, we're at it. and not the filthy kind, which is mainly what I know. Oddly, every foreign language that I have any moderate command of is just the bad words. That's right. That's right. Okay, June 4, 2009. Yes. Famed kung fu and B movie actor David Carradine yeah. was found dead in his Bangkok hotel room. That's not where he lived. He was there on like shooting another B movie, undoubtedly. Um, I love kung fu movies. Yes, you, you know do. this about me. You and absolutely do. I love B movies. You love a B movie. Oh and I love David Carradine. This guy has acted forever. Um, and, and despite the fact that he's recognized for B movies, he was in a lot of A movies at the time. Yeah. Um, he acted across from Chuck Norris, which that alone means it was an A movie save all the Chuck Norris jokes for the comment section. They're you, not They're not jokes, they're true. <laughs> you need to share some of your Chuck Norris oh, meme collection. Okay. Yeah, I love Chuck Norris, but yes. Um, he acted across from him in Lone Wolf McQuaid, okay. which was, I can remember as a kid, and this is in the era of VCRs and all of that, I can remember, and I'm not a repeater, mm -hmm. right? Yes. It's gotta be really good to repeat. I can remember that on no less than three occasions, we re-rented the movie, and every time we rented the movie, I had to have watched it four or five times. I believe that. Anytime I see it on TV, I'm like, close the office, we're shutting down, self-imposed quarantine, I'm watching this. I just really enjoyed that. He was the bad guy in that movie, but I still enjoyed it immensely. And then what audience may be more familiar with is that he was in both uh, volume one and volume two of Tarantino's Kill Bill movies, which were, was it two, early to mid 2000s? Like, I think maybe 2004 was volume two, I can't remember. Which you've seen as a number of times. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's good stuff. He's a good actor. He was. Despite right. his Venus. Well, I knew David Carradine from the, uh, and only people of a certain age who were allowed to watch network TV, mm -hmm. not you, it's what I'm talking yes, about, yes. Um, are going to remember this, but David Carradine played in the miniseries called North and South that came out oh. in the, in the mid-80s, I want to say 85, 86. He played a bad guy in that too, a really evil he's a, man. He's a great bad guy. <clears throat> Was, I guess. Yeah. He's no longer... But that miniseries, North and South, my parents let me record it on VCR. It was actually pretty inappropriate for it because I was like less than 10, under 10 years old. They let me record it. I had this fascination with that. I watched it over and over and over on VCR. But the most notable thing about that series is not David Carradine in it, although he was good as a bad guy. Of course. Patrick Swayze. Oh, played the, yeah. the, the swoon-worthy romantic yeah. male lead. We will put him in our novel. Both of them. Both of them. Oh, this is going to be a good novel. All right, good. Okay, June 4th, 2010. Mm -hmm. American basketball coach John Wooden passed away. Okay. 
Coach Wooden, this would have been, I, I'm probably misquoting, but I feel like this would have been like mid-70s, range I was born. So I did not know of him during his success, but his success was leading UCLA to 10 national championships inside of 12 years. That's a lot of championing. Very significant. That alone would not have been enough for me to think, ooh, awesome and celebrate. He went on after his career to be a magnificently uh, popular, well thought of, just almost calling philosopher, um, and, and maybe even maybe even psychologist and or psychiatrist of, as you would in athletics, but sharing it in the real world, how to overcome obstacles and hurdles and deal in a healthy way with the the mind games that go on. Okay, and and. Even with even with that, I probably wouldn't have still been as cued into him, except that when I first left football and got into the financial services world, one of the guys who I had the opportunity to both listen to as a speaker and uh, work at the same company with, visit a couple of times, even individually, well, he had been one of Coach Wooden's many assistant coaches over the year and had maintained a lifelong friendship with him. And I can actually remember in, it was either, it was either 2010 or 2011, it would have been directly after Coach Wooden's death. I can remember uh, hearing this gentleman speak. He, he was relatively freshly back from the, uh, the funeral mm -hmm. and talking about it. So yeah, that, that stuck out to me. And I felt like was worthy of a mention. He was an awesome guy and he helped a lot of people and a lot of people that you know were facing some severe conflict, at least in their mind and, and life and needed some help. So All right. that's pretty awesome. I had never heard of him before today, so good He's a good to know. dude. He's a good dude. <clears throat> all right. Okay, last thing, and this is for all of you women gamers and or those you love who might be. Um, this is news for today, which is technically a day before what you're watching, but I couldn't help bringing it in. I like games. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 was scheduled to be released today. Okay. And it was delayed. So oh. awesome only in the sense that it was an awesomely sad day for all of those who have pre-purchased and or been impatiently awaiting the moment to get their hot little fingers on this new game. Do you feel schadenfreude that they have to wait now? <laughs> no, but I wish I did so I could use the word. Try it. It's fun. I can't. I have nothing to scream it for. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a lot that we packed into this June 4th in history. That's how we do it. It's awesome. We got to go, Today. though, because we got a novel to write and I got to find a hot air balloon. <laughs> All right. We better sign <laughs> All off. All right. Have an awesome today, would ya? Okay. After this episode, we did, in fact, write a novel while Meg flew a hot air balloon that was not tethered to the ground. Unfortunately, a repeat of the Dust Bowl blew all pages of said novel across the Great Plains, leaving us with nothing more than melancholy and profanity. It is what it is.